so I wanted to pose this question to you guys. Um, I, I wanted to get like genuine reactions out of you. Okay. That's yeah. terrifying. Eh, not really. <laughs> you started this. I was worried I missed the question again this week. Right. <laughs> so my question this week, it's fairly simple. Should Matt be one of my groomsmen? I'm going to say yes. Not Seth. Uh, I'll also go with yes. Lydia. I think it's a good, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Tabitha. Yeah, he's all right. (laughs) And finally, Matt. I get to weigh in on my own groomsmanship. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you are the the deciding factor. I'm not the deciding vote, though, apparently, based on (laughs) previous... I mean... Um, Yes. Yes! (laughs) I I was worried that this was going to be like one of those, like public engagement <laughs> where no. the person being asked says no and it was just going to be real awkward this is not on the jumbotron yet <laughs> I mean, at least with this you would have had like the chance to just like edit it out and be like oh hey i have a completely different question now just kidding you underestimate my laziness sometimes <laughs> i would have just left it in that's fair <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. All right, so we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, and the first things that I want to bring up tonight, um, I kind of wanted to have like more of a discussion especially on this first one um we're, we're starting tonight off talking about the marvels um good news it won its opening weekend uh bad news uh it only earned 47 million dollars domestically uh making it the worst selling opening weekend for an mcu movie um doesn't sound great but you know the more i thought about it there are a lot of different things to consider um, and this is not me like making excuses for, you know, Kevin Feige or Brie Larson or anything like that. But, you know, look at the rest of this year. You had Barbie, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Guardians, Ga- the Guardians of the Galaxy um, and the Eras Tour or the Eras movie or whatever Taylor Swift called it. There haven't been a whole lot of other big movies, you know, um, especially like none that were like multi like hundreds of millions of dollars you know um also and this was like oh the the actor strike had a lot to do with it but there was hardly any promotion on this movie which you can argue that with it being an mcu movie does it even need promotion at this point in time superhero fatigue we've We've admitted it's a thing, especially with like all the hundreds of millions of hours of content on Disney Plus. Um, also, you know, the the last thing that kind of struck out to me, it's like, even though movie theaters have kind of rebounded since the pandemic, the pandemic changed the way that we watch movies. Mm. I'm going give to you, give you an example. I have not seen the Marvels yet. The Marvels is a movie that I genuinely want to see. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, however, I watched Five Nights at Freddy's 
on opening weekend, if not opening night. Not because I'm I'm a huge fan of the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise, but because I have Peacock and it was streaming same day for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. So I mean, what what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I think some of my fear with this movie was that there's we haven't finished Miss Marvel yet, and as much as I want to see this, that requires me to go back and watch X amount of hours of TV that I don't have time to catch up on. I have time to go sit in the movie theater for two hours. I don't have time to go sit in the movie theater for two hours after watching 10 hours of television. It's just not feasible. And superhero fatigue has been real. Like, we tried to watch the Marvel shows as they were coming out, and I got sobered out. It was not even funny. Like, there's a couple of things that we've started and just haven't finished because I was just so over it. So... While this is very disappointing, considering it was the first female-led, like, MCU MCU movie other than the Black Widow, whatever that thing was, like, this felt huge in, like, a feminist kind of way. It sucks, but even someone like me who really wanted to see it for that reason feels like they can't because I can't get caught up on all the other stuff that I would have to watch in order to watch it. I just don't have that kind of time. Yeah, I'm with her because, yeah, there is a lot of the Marvel stuff recently that I've felt the same way about for that same reason because I haven't seen, I don't think, any of the TV shows that have come out recently because, I, one, I don't have the attention span, and two, I don't have the time. And another thought I had with this is I feel like Marvel's starting to kind of get into more of the kind of lesser known, less popular superheroes that they have, and I feel like people aren't quite as quick to go see some of these movies because it's not a well-known character. So I think that might be dragging it down a little bit too. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Um, I, I would argue Captain Marvel is fairly well-known. Ms. Marvel is currently probably one of the, definitely the more popular characters, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, do any of them hold a candle to say, Iron Man or Captain America or Spider-Man or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on who you ask. I think that the streaming situation has also played a large part in that. um, Because like you're already paying for X number of streaming services because of the way streaming has gone. Like you said, you watched five nights at Freddy's because it streamed right away last weekend. After we got back from vacation, we watched Asteroid City because it's available on Peacock already. Like, you know that these things are also coming to streaming services sooner because of the availability, because of the fees that people are already paying. So it makes the, I guess, effort, if you will, to pack up, go to the theater, pay X number of dollars, additional dollars to go sit in the theater and watch the movie less appealing if it's not the big tentpole summer movie blockbuster that you've been waiting years to see happen. Um, and maybe the the advertising had a little bit to do with that because they didn't pump, pump it up. They didn't play it up as much as... Um, like previous Marvel movies and yeah, the actor strike probably had something to do with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, like 
like Tabitha said, there's all that content. And I know that Marvel seems to have learned their lesson a little bit from this and they've backed off and spread things out a little bit more since everything just like bombarded Disney plus. Um, but even then so much of the MCU is intertwined that you do, you have, you feel as a fan, you feel like you have this obligation to go back and catch up before seeing the new things, knowing not that there's going to be Easter eggs, but there's going to be content that is directly in line with something that has already been released. Sometimes major plot points that are right. touched upon and other things that you don't necessarily know that you need until you're there and you're like, what is? Th- what are they talking about? Yeah. What does this mean? Yeah. Um, I, I won't go into what it was, but like, I, w- I don't know if it was just something at the end of the film or if it was the mid credit scene or whatever. But I mean, like, even with the Marvels, like I've I've already been spoiled on like not like a huge plot point, but like something that's really exciting and something that, you know, is definitely something to look forward to. So, yeah, you're you're right. It, it is going to be something where it's like, OK, cool. Well, you know, like you even though you're only somewhat interested in this property because it ties into this property. Well, shit. yeah. Yeah, like I feel I definitely feel like like we would have to go back and the very, very least watch Ms. Marvel, the TV series before seeing this, even if we don't catch up on Loki or the other movies that we haven't seen, like at least that. And that's, you know, again, that's however many episodes and that's, you know, something that you have to decide, Okay, I'm going to go back and do this before I do this, because, you know, bare minimum that's going to play into it and you need that information somewhat unrelated and um, i'm just touching on this just because it popped in my head one of the things i really hate um is that fact that like you know scrolling through facebook and especially like reading a couple articles about this whole thing um i would get suggested posts from like comics gate uh <laughs> like news quote unquote news sites and me being the person that i am i like to be angry um (laughs) so i will click on those and read them and roll my eyes a lot um but in doing so facebook now thinks oh hey you like these kinds of things so we're gonna give them to you all the time and ugh. (laughs) you tricked the algorithm into thinking you like something you didn't good job (laughs) well I also tricked myself into it, though, too. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other movie that I wanted to discuss, because just for the sheer fact, I didn't even know that it was a thing until, like, everybody was freaking out about it. So, Coyote versus Acme is, or rather was, the latest Warner Brothers movie to get shelved at the last minute. Uh, The studio is now allowing the director of the completed film to shop it to other buyers instead of shelving it for tax write-off. They did this because there was so much backlash, even within like the filmmaker community or whatever. um, There was so much backlash to the cancellation. Um, There was more so even with like Batgirl and Scoob uh, Holiday Haunt, which again, that was another one that I didn't even know was a thing. But... um, those could have been chalked up to a last minute change in strategy, especially because that was right around the time with the whole Warner brothers discovery merger. Um, but people are like, no, 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 this is not the same thing. So some filmmakers, 
reportedly told reps to cancel meetings that they had scheduled with Warner, um, with Coyote versus Acme being maybe getting a second life. Filmmakers are still being kind of cautious, but like they are like maybe going to talk with Warners now. Um, so again, I had no idea this was a thing. <laughs> it's obviously Wiley Coyote, uh, but it's a live action animation hybrid starring Will Forte, John Cena, and Lana Condor. Uh, it's had multiple screenings, uh, and they all score like within the nineties. So like, this isn't one of those like movies where they can be like. Oh yeah, it was going to be terrible. You probably not. <laughs> um, so, this has even gotten to the point where some lawmakers are kind of sort of getting involved. Um, Texas Representative Joaquin Castro called for an investigation of Warner Brothers, albeit on X. So we'll see if you know anything actually <laughs> comes of it. But he Xed. What are we calling these now? They're not tweets anymore. Uh, it's posts. I don't like that. It's, it's generic. Real gener- it's real generic, exactly. but that's what they're going with. Because if you click the button, it's for it's repost instead of retweet. Well, he axed. Um, <laughs> quote, <laughs> The WBD tactic of scrapping fully made films for tax breaks is predatory and anti-competitive. As the Justice Department and FTC revise their antitrust guidelines, they should review this conduct. Again. Is he saying this just to score internet points, or is this something that he is going to push for more so? Because he, well, he has a hell of a better chance of getting something done than I do, but but this is just like, A, this is bizarre on Warner Brothers' part. I mean, I guess not. It's like, oh, hey, we're, we're going to do all these for tax write-offs, but like, brah, <laughs> cool your jets. But again, like, I don't know. I feel like I would have heard about a movie based off of Wiley e. Coyote, like, well before this. Am I just crazy? I mean, yes, but. I didn't know that this was a thing until I saw the headline that it was being cut. Like, didn't know it was in development, which, granted, I don't necessarily pay attention to all the animated films, but at the same time, yeah. Like, with the way the internet works, you know, we would have probably heard something about this prior to the cancellation, but uh, I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. It, I don't know that predat. I don't know. I feel like predatory is the right word. I feel like, oh, what's, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. While he thinks about that word, I don't think I understood that shelving a f- completely, totally made film gives you a tax write-off like that gives like landlord energy like i did not know like property owner like just holding on to vacant buildings in metropolitan areas because they get tax write-offs instead of actually doing anything with them like i didn't know that was a thing i don't i'm I'm not a tax accountant i don't know how that works but like that's i didn't i didn't know that that was Mm -hmm. you could do that even with the tax write-off are you gonna get enough tax credit I mean, these big corporations pay like zero dollars in taxes anyways, but you're going to get big enough tax credit to recoup what you spent like financing this film. I don't know. I don't understand how that's advantageous. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it at all. I mean, you make a very good point, like with these tax write offs. 
are how are they making a quote unquote profit for it? Unless maybe it's a situation where they could double dip like 10, 15 years down the line and be like, oh, hey, we found this movie. You guys want to see it now? <laughs> I, I don't know. It almost feels like this is the wrong phrase of like insurance fraud. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, kind yeah. Of. yeah. It's like, hey, uh, yeah, my house burned down. Um, oops. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to pay me for that, right? I'm going to try that. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't think the people that share your building would appreciate that much. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to actually burn my building down. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're just going to tell them you burned your yeah. building down? Yeah, they'll believe me. I have a wedding to pay for, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think fake arson is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, they're let's, not going to come out and check farson. that. Let's, let's check some other avenues before we commit arson. <laughs> Can we at least leave it on the back burner? No, oh, yes. you shouldn't really? leave anything on the back burner. It's a recipe for disaster. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's how the house burned down. Oh, my God. And now it's real arson. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated very quickly. <laughs> Someday soon, some insurance person is going to be listening in on this podcast, on this episode, and <laughs> I've made bad choices. <laughs> this was all... An attempt of humor. I'm not <laughs> planning on burning anything down. Um, one final thought with Acme versus Coyote or Coyote versus Acme. Um, I guess it does kind of make sense that we didn't see any of this since it does star John Cena. Where's my bell? <laughs> and with that, let's <laughs> open up the pull list. What's on our pull list this week? So we've got two books to talk about tonight. Um, the first one is Iron Maiden, Peace of Mind. Uh, it is out November 22nd from Z2. Uh, so this anthology features original stories based on each of the tracks from the album Peace of Mind, uh, as well as original art from acclaimed illustrators. Um, and then also, oh, what did they call it? But basically, uh, testimonials yep. from other like celebrities and you know people within the metal genre. Um, I didn't get super far into this, but with it being an, an anthology, I'm I'm okay with still talking about it. Um, this this was cool, but has potential to be really awesome if I've ever listened to an Iron Maiden song, which I don't know that I have. <laughs> Um, I am sure that there are plenty of things that I was missing out on, um, but I liked the stories. Um, there was something about the, the second story, um, about like the, the church or whatever, um, that was, there's something about that one where I was just like, just like enthralled with it. Um, but there was at least one war story, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, like those, those also were were really interesting. The obviously with it being an anthology, you're going to get a different writing style and a different art style with each story. Um, what I read, I enjoyed the art of all of them. I that's one thing that I really like about about anthologies is that you're not going to get bored with the art style, no matter how <laughs> long or short the anthology is. Um, Lydia, did you get a chance to read this one? I did not. No, Matt. Um, 
so as much as I am into heavy metal, I have listened to very little Iron Maiden. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> the musically, I like it, but um, I, I don't care for the vocals. Um, so it's just one of those things. I did try and listen to this album this morning at work after having read all of the stories in the anthology, knowing that if I listened to them and listened to the lyrics, there would be better connections. The stories would, I'd feel more connected to the stories. I feel like some of the holes in the stories would have been explained. Um, I definitely feel like a lot of them, if you are a fan of that album and are a fan of the band, then you're going to recognize not necessarily Easter eggs, but calls to the to the lyrics in the song um or even thematically with the music um but um regardless of not knowing that i i did also enjoy this um that's that one story you're talking about in the church there's one panel in that where like the light is coming in through the stained glass windows Mm -hmm. like that that artwork is phenomenal like and there's a few pages there's a few points during the entire anthology that are just like that they're just wonderful artwork um i don't know that i would i'm I'm gonna go back and listen to this album on repeat and then reread this so that i get a better understanding um but it's again it's one of those like if you are a fan of iron maiden if you are a fan of all these things you're going to enjoy this um side note i believe it's the second or third story um was actually written by bruce dickinson who is the lead singer of iron maiden so nice um, I did notice, I, I don't think I read this one story. This was one that I actually meant to go back and specifically read. But uh, comedian Brian Posehn also that wrote one, one of the stories. Even if you don't know the song, that one's real good. Sweet. I'll, I'll have to go yep. back and check that one out. Uh, Tabitha, what'd you think? Yeah, basically everything you guys have said. Like Mitch and I were talking a little bit earlier about this. And I was like, yeah, I feel like this would have been really cool if I knew what the heck was going on. Like (laughs) I was looking for Easter eggs, knowing nothing about Iron Maiden. And then I was like, what are you doing? You don't know what's happening here. The only thing I know about Iron Maiden is they're British and they're a bunch of history nerds. And like, (laughs) that's all I know. That's literally my knowledge of Iron Maiden. And there's like one song that I know and it's not on this album. Um I found the testimonials really interesting. Like, I caught myself only reading those toward the end because I was just trying to see who they had, like, interviewed and what their memories were. Lady Lady Gaga? Gaga? Yeah, I was like, where'd you come from? (laughs) Like, there were just some really interesting little tidbits in there. And again, knowing, like, basically nothing, but still reading those was fun because it was, like, looking at other people's relationship with this specific album. And then I started thinking about, like, what albums I've listened to that, like, have made (laughs) such a big impact on me. And there was, like basically none and i'm like man people go hard for iron maiden it's like a whole book and all this stuff they do it's true yeah so i i enjoyed this i there were some sections like you guys said where the art was just like you pause and just want to look at it and it was by multiple different illustrators Mm so kudos to whoever put this anthology together because they did a really good job of making it interesting for people who don't know what's going on (laughs) totally off the subject but when you said lady gaga that kind of reminded me um I was going to add this as a story, but then I decided not to because I decided to put in like, I don't know, like 20,000 stories this week. But did you guys hear like some woman who knew Lady Gaga like in college or something like that was basically like for all intents and purposes, like calling her out for being like super annoying and how she would like just sing Wicked all day. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like 
that's I would expect <laughs> Lady Gaga to do something like that in yeah. her college days. Yeah. Yeah. Also same. Like <laughs> just makes her much more relatable. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I'm not gonna make fun of her for that because it did I do that. Yeah, so. hi. Next thing we know, like well, I guess not next week because next week's Thanksgiving, but like the next week both Lydia and Tabitha will have like meat dresses because they feel <laughs> more connected to Lady Gaga now. Maybe. I don't know. I don't feel like I would make it out of my house because my dog would be trying to eat the dress. Yeah, yeah Watson fair. wouldn't let you out of the house. Yeah, that's facts. No, he's not really a meat dog. If it was made of the dairy, dairy. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> the cheese dress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a cheese dress does sound fantastic. A cheese dress actually sounds better than a meat dress to me. <laughs> You can be the so, vegetables and we could all be a sandwich. <laughs> I was about to say, would you go out a meat dress and a cheese dress or you just need one more? Bread. Oh, You're already perfect. a charcuterie Bread dress. dress. Oh. <laughs> Lydia just shows up in a croissant. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> At least it'd be fluffy. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, in moving warm. on. <laughs> Freshly baked. <laughs> Lydia, I didn't know you did that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Only with bread. (laughs) So the other book we're going to talk about tonight is Left Star and the Strange Occurrence. It's out now from Silver Sprocket by uh, Jean Philippe. So Left Star, who creates worlds and also is in desperate need of sleep, goes to the post office but is whisked away by a giant fruit bat and taken on an adventure to unblock the path to their desired creation. Um, Lydia, did you read this one? I read about half of it. Okay. And that was about all I could handle. <laughs> um, so what, what were your thoughts so far? So with this one I had kind of a Tabitha issue with it where it feels like we get dropped off in the absolute middle of this story with no explanation of what the hell is going on and it just it didn't really get any better it just continued to get more and more confusing um, the art style in this also did not like work for me uh, it's very line art that feels kind of incomplete the best part of this whole thing to me was the bat. Like I could read a whole short of just the bat and be happy and just leave out all the other nonsense. I'm sure if I had actually finished it, it maybe might have can kind of like rounded out some of the uh, things that it was trying to go for. But I don't know. I, I don't know if I would go back and finish it just because it was so disjointed from anything. Yeah, um, I will agree with you on that feeling of being dropped in the the middle of something. Um, I when I when I finished this, I had to do a little bit of research because I was I was like almost felt like this was a sequel mm-hmm. to a book that we hadn't read before, which would have explained why I didn't know what was going on. Um, to the best of my knowledge, it's not. Uh, that said, I do. I felt like probably honestly not too far after you quit reading um I was connecting dots that you know that weren't there at the beginning. I was able to kind of figure things out. And I almost wonder if that all of that was by design. 
because at the core of this book, you know, this is a book about dealing with self-doubt or, you know, dealing with, I don't want to go as far as to say like imposter syndrome, but that's kind of a feeling that I had with that. Um, now, obviously with giant fruit bats and word world building and things like that, obviously, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not right on the nose but that's definitely what i felt and i definitely got this feeling of you know this left star person you know like basically trying to get themselves out of the metaphorical hole that they've dug themselves in um so to that aspect i really enjoyed this book um the art style i feel like the art style fit the book pretty well um just in that I I don't want to say it left things to be desired, but kind of like how the story almost forced you to connect dots. I feel like the art style did the same thing. Uh, I do think that the art would have benefited from being full color. Um, I know that that is always and forever a <laughs> a complaint of mine. Um, I'm sorry. I'll agree with that one, though. I feel like if it had been colored, like it would have meshed better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, if what I took out of the book is what the author meant for me to take out of it, then, then he did a good job. So, uh, Matt, did you read this one? I did. Um, I was pretty confused about what was going on pretty much the entire way through this. Um, the more that I think about it, the more that it stews, read this part the section at the back from the author stating kind of what what this is about um as a creative myself the more that i think about this book the more i enjoy it um there's just so many things that like start to click the more i the more i go over it um he's trying to create worlds the art style seems slightly incomplete he hasn't finished those things um he's trying to put all those things together like like i said just like the more i think about it the more things seem to fit in place and it's almost like that was done intentionally like yes read it through be confused but it stays with you to the point where you do kind of keep thinking about it also as confused as i was i've never been so attacked halfway through (laughs) of something i didn't understand than in this book um, I had to find it because there's the point where Leftstar is talking to, and I don't remember the character's name, but it says, the, the other character says, it doesn't matter what kind of world you're creating, a world made of clouds, an ocean made of glass, or a world made up of palm trees and hot springs. Someone will want to see them or even live in them. You just have to finish them. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you can't, like, writing stories, songs, art, whatever. Nobody is going to enjoy that or live in that world or be part of that world unless you sit your ass down and finish the damn book. And again, personally attacked, but I get it. (laughs) Tabitha, what'd you think? Um, As someone who is not creative, this gave me a headache. (laughs) Um, I was trying to find deeper meaning and the deeper meaning that I could find... Matt, I'm not going to shit on your dreams here, but um, 
was that this was lazy writing. This, I love the art. Mm. I love black and white art. We all know I love black and white art. I love it when they leave something to the imagination in the form of the art. I like black and white movies for that reason. I don't know what color dress you got on, but in my brain, it's blue. Like, I love that. (laughs) That is my jam. What I don't like is disjointed writing that feels like it's going to lead you somewhere and at the end of the day you get nothing this was very unsatisfying for my brain Mm -hmm. and it i i understand i read the thing from the author at the end too and i understand what they were trying to do and i get on to you when you write like this too (laughs) (laughs) if i get to the end and i'm like what you didn't do your job because i am not stupid if I was stupid, it would be one thing. And I'd be like, I don't get it. But if I get to the end of it and I'm still confused. There's a problem. Yes. You don't write for you. Yes, I get it. You're writing for you. But if you want to give that to an audience and have them understand it, you have to sometimes not be so damn selfish when you're writing and put some exposition in there so other people who don't live in your brain can read this book. It's like when you give me those endings back and say you can do better. Correct. Yes. You don't tell me. How I to wanted. Fix, to, yes. You don't tell me how to fix it. You just say you can do better and hand it back to me. Yes, I wanted to do this with that to that <laughs> author. You can do better because it's it's the writing strength is there, but the exposition is not. If it makes you feel any better, like she has done the same thing to me at work a couple of times <laughs> with like a couple of reports. Like she'll just hand them back and be like, "You can do better." No, I just tell you what you messed up <laughs> thinking that you were trying to trick me to make sure I was paying attention. <laughs> All right, so let's go to trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. And you can definitely tell that, you know, the writer strike and the actor strike is over because here was a buttload of trailers. <laughs> um, we could have had at least 12. Like, because there were two that I cut, and there were honestly probably at least one or two more that I saw, but I was like, nah, I'm not including Yeah, I think I had two that I didn't share. We yeah. probably could have had a whole episode just of trailers, if we were honest. You know, I'm glad we didn't, though, because yeah. I'm going to be honest. Spoiler alert right now. A lot of these trailers, I was I wasn't feeling. We'll we'll get more yeah. into it, but um, a lot of times I don't want for a trailer to tell me the entire story, but I want the trailer to at least tell me some of the story. <laughs> and um, I would say probably half of these trailers did not. Mm. So, um, our first matchup is the Garfield movie versus Inside Out Two. Um, I have not seen Inside Out 1, so I already didn't have a whole lot of attachment to this movie. Um, kind of a behind the scenes thing. Um, I did read where, uh, because the pay discrepancy between Amy Poehler and like the rest of the cast was so huge, uh, Mindy Kaling and somebody else like dropped out of the movie like they didn't reprise their roles for the sequel um because they were like no like i think like amy poehler got like two million or something like that and everybody else got like five hundred thousand. yeah Mm. i don't don't quote me on those numbers but like it was something wide like that so like already 
even though it shouldn't, that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Amy Poehler is worth that, but I think some of these other comedians, the the gap should have been smaller. That said, anxiety. Hi, that was me <laughs> in a in 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 a, in a nutshell. Um, especially, you know, the uh, oh, we just wanted to make a first good first impression. Like I've done that sometimes. We, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, but yeah. So on the flip side of that, um, we had the Garfield movie. Um, the the beginning to this trailer was adorable. You had uh, you had a baby Garfield all alone in the rain, and he meets John Arbuckle who has a pizza, and he's just sitting there by himself, being all sad because I don't know, like there are families who are enjoying their lives and he's john arbuckle um (laughs) so then like he slightly opens the window which okay spoiler alert anybody who has ever been in a restaurant the windows don't open they don't like what whatever so uh yeah so he opens the window gets garfield and then garfield eats eats everything. (laughs) everything um at the end of the day, I don't think that the Garfield movie is necessarily for me. However, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Garfield. Um, as a kid, that was one comic strip that I was obsessed with. And I would read every, especially every Sunday paper. Um, I will probably, for reasons that I won't name, um, will probably still end up seeing this in the movie theaters. But um, <laughs> and, and I will do that happily so. Um, so I am giving seven points to Garfield, three to Inside Out 2. Um, Matt? Um, I think at the end of the day, my favorite part of the Inside Out 2 trailer was not just anxiety, but when they make the comment about we want to make a good impression and they are carrying 12 suitcases. Anxiety coming with lots of baggage. Yep. (laughs) That's one of those adult humor jokes in a Pixar movie that is wonderful. Um, Also, me at C2E2. (laughs) Facts. I also have not seen Inside Out 1. Didn't know about the discrepancy in the actors and their uh, voice acting. I... I don't know. Despite anxiety and the entertainment that that would bring, um, I don't know. This trailer was just meh overall. Um, Garfield, damn that cute little cat at the beginning. Like that, that first half of that trailer was fantastic. Like all the feels, all the fuzzy feels because of the cat. And then, I don't know, like. Sam Jackson is Garfield's dad. We already know that Chris Chris Pratt is the voice of Garfield, which, hey, he's not doing a voice. It's just Chris Pratt. Um, I don't know. You kind of lost me in the second half because kind of the fun of the Garfield cartoon on TV and the comic strip was just Garfield being weird and Odie being dumb. And Odie also seems a little bit smarter than he should be in this new movie so um i'm gonna go six for garfield and four for inside out too tip 
Um, I also have not seen Inside Out 1, the first one, whatever you want to call it, for good reason, because I know it's going to give me feelings, and I'm not ready for those feelings. Um, <laughs> I do like the representation. Are they also voiced by Amy Poehler? I'm sorry. Most of my feelings are voiced by Amy Poehler. <laughs> <laughs> 90% of them, she sounds like Leslie Nope. Um, <laughs> the other, like, 2% are the voice of the original Wicked Witch from the Wizard of Oz. Um <laughs> I love the representation of anxiety in this. I don't think this trailer gave me enough to know if I'm going to enjoy that character, though. Because we live in a time when you kind of have to be very careful when you're talking about mental health, especially in the youths. So, I mean, I'm not doubting that Pixar did a good job, but I'm withholding my feelings on it as a someone who was that age with anxiety until I actually see it. Um, as far as Garfield goes, it was really cute, and then t- Chris Pratt started talking, and it ruined it for me. Um, the beginning of this trailer did almost make me cry, though. So for that reason, I'm going to give Garfield four and Inside Out six. Lydia. So uh, Bill Hader was the other one that dropped out of yes, Inside Out. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, Not yes that he dropped out. That's yes. <laughs> I, I, I like Bill Hader, <laughs> but thank you. Yes. Um, I have seen the first Inside Out, and it did a really good job of uh, representing like all of those emotions as a kid and doing it in a way that didn't treat it like, "Oh, you're just a kid; it's fine. Like you can, you're, you're cool." Like it did a really good job of representing everything. So I'm excited to see how they portray this in the second one. It the trailer didn't give you a whole lot of like where they're going to go with the storyline but that's okay because like we've always talked about trailers don't have to give you the whole story so i'm curious to see where this goes garfield the first half of this i loved it it was so cute but that's the thing you could have just literally had the first half of this trailer as a short and left it at that and just forgotten the rest of the thing Say so you don't need the rest of the movie. Just keep the front front little clip, and be done. So, I'm going to give Garfield four and Inside Out two six. I thought you were trying to give Inside Out two points, and I'm like, that's that's not ten points, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none of us are good at math around here, but come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm generally better than that, but it has been a long day, so who knows. So it's a good thing that it's not Monday because with a score of 21 to 19, Garfield moves on. And it is going to meet the winner of Madam Web versus Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Uh, Matt, let's start with you this round. All right. Um, I have not seen the newest Ghostbusters. I want to, the fact of the cameos from the old ghostbusters paul rudd um the actors that they picked for the kids to play i think from what we've seen as far as the trailers from the first one go are spot on um my biggest concern with this trailer is it does like we talked about this one does give you some of the plot so it kind of gives you the imminent danger that new york is in the part that feels weird to me with Ghostbusters is that Ghostbusters 
is a world ending, you know, the world's going to collapse kind of thing, but not in a apocalyptic sense, almost, Um, you know, like the original Ghostbusters, Zool and the Keymaster, you kind of felt like maybe New York and like Manhattan were in danger, but that was about it. Um, this feels like on a grander scale. And I don't know how I feel about that when it comes to Ghostbusters. Like it just doesn't seem like a, like a, like a ghost supernatural type of thing that Ghostbusters would take on. So I, I'm, I'm kind of confused by that. Um, Madam Webb. I'm not going to lie. I don't really get it. Like, I don't understand the bad Spider-Man. I don't understand what her power really is apart from seeming like she's on drugs and having visions. Um, I do kind of like the inclusion of the other Marvel characters. Like, you've got Spider-Woman. Um, was a Black Cat is... Black Cat? Black Cat, yeah. Okay. I was trying to not... Because that's Catwoman and DC. Um like Copy same care. Cats. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um ring a ding ding. Uh. <laughs> that was for me. To be fair, I do hang out with Mitchell a lot more. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I like that, but I this feels kind of like the MCU digging in and finding random characters to build movies around, like they're running out of ideas. And I'm not sure that I'm ready for that. Um, on pure nostalgia, I'm going to go seven points for Ghostbusters and three for Madam Web. I promise I'm not saying this because Facebook is telling me to read all these alt-right comics <laughs> websites. But I don't... I guess I should say that I don't yet care for madam webb um i watched that trailer a couple of times and like as someone who is fairly knowledgeable in the spider-man world like even i like i'm not a hundred percent for sure who madam webb is like i kind of do but like the madam webb that i envision is not the star of this movie um and and i could just be wrong and that is fine. I will accept when I'm wrong. Um, it it was cool seeing, um, you know the, the the spider, you know Spider Woman and all that. Like even though we just got like a, just a flash of it, but still that was pretty cool. Um, this is this is an interesting premise in that it it's seemingly is this woman who dies and then like has unlimited lives. She goes back to her last uh, checkpoint. Um, <laughs> Save point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's an interesting concept, but like it didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie or even really a Marvel movie at that. Um, Ghostbusters on the flip side, you're right, Matt. This does kind of seem like it's on a grander scale than some of these other Ghostbuster movies have been. Um, that said, I really, I enjoyed 
revisiting these characters as well as like the new characters that we're seeing. Uh, Patton Oswald is hilarious. Uh, Kumail Nanjiali, I just butchered his last name. Um, it's fine. <laughs> he also is hilarious and does not get enough praise. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited to see both of these actors in this movie. Um, I think that overall this, I feel like this Ghostbusters movie is going to be really well received. Uh, so with that, I am giving eight points to Ghostbusters, two to Madam Web. Lydia. So... This isn't a good matchup for me, no matter how you look at it, because Ghostbusters is one of those that I know I've seen the original at some point, but I only remember bits and pieces of it, and I haven't seen any of the rest of them. This trailer, and I think I actually said it out loud, my first thought was, okay, who pissed off Elsa? (laughs) So... from what I remember of the original Ghostbusters and what I've seen of the other movies, like like you guys said, this doesn't feel like it fits kind of the narrative, I guess, they've had going on. So it, it just feels kind of out of place. Madam Web, I had I have no idea who this is. I didn't know that was a character. I recognize some of the other characters they flashed to, like Black Cat. So I recognize that right away. But I I don't have a clue who she is or where she fits in. I just feel like they're trying to kind of bring the whole into the Spider-Verse thing into the live action Marvel stuff at this point, which may or may not be a good thing. (sighs) However, I think of the two, I'd probably be more likely to watch that one. So for that reason alone, I'm going to give Madam Web 6 and Ghostbusters 4. Tabitha. So, as soon as the Ghostbusters trailer started, I thought I was watching The Day After Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, waiting for Jake Gyllenhaal to pop out and be like, I have to help my dad save the world. Um, (laughs) And then, as far as Madam Web is concerned, I felt like I was watching the Halloween episode of Pretty Little Liars Season 3. Like, just bad acting. People running around looking confused. Like, this literally looks like a CW show from the, like mid 2000s like the way it's filmed and that was bugging me the whole time like it doesn't look like an actual movie it looks like a made for tv (laughs) abc family spider person film like it just didn't i don't know it doesn't look right and also dakota johnson is that her name yep i I didn't recognize any of the people in that cannot handle the way her mouth moves when she speaks it makes me want to murder people and i don't know why it's very annoying. I have thought that since she started acting. It's like she's talking. She's mouth acting. And I can't look at anything else. Yes, what Lydia's doing right now is the way her mouth moves. And it bugs the crap out of me. <sighs> they keep listing her like where everybody's supposed to know who she is. I'm like, I. She was in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. She's in cool, Nastasia Steele. Like Fifty year old women know who she is, but that's it. Which shade of grey was she? The third one. She was all of them based on this trailer. <laughs> it does. It just, this trailer gave, that trailer just totally gave me Pretty Little Liars vibes, but add like Spider Man senses, like whatever. Um, I can't decide which is worse, so I'm just going to go five and five. So, with a score of 24 to 16, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire freezes out the competition. Our next matchup is Avatar, The Last Airbender versus Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, Lydia, let's start with you this round. So 
I have been super, super worried about this Avatar series, as I'm pretty sure every Avatar The Last Airbender fan has been since how horrible the movie that shall not be named was. <laughs> Watching this trailer actually gave me some semblance of hope. Like, it looks like they have actually taken the time to try to do this right this time. And seeing Appa and Momo just made me smile. <laughs> like, I already want Momo in real life, and now I just want one even more. Um, Lisa Frankenstein, I'm not sure what's going on <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> All I saw was Claire Novak from Supernatural and Cody from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody just <laughs> running around in cheap Halloween costumes. But I, I don't know. Like, it's weird in kind of an endearing way and I'm curious to watch it but it's not gonna win out over Avatar so I'm gonna give it three and Avatar seven Matt um Avatar is one of those animes that I've always kind of been interested to go and watch but kind of daunted by how many episodes there are and it's not one piece with 1100 episodes but I know there's a lot going on um Visually, this trailer just proves yet again that you give Netflix an anime property and visually they're just going to just nail it. Um, I haven't seen that cartoon. I haven't seen the other movie, but even I recognize the, some of these characters. Um, and granted, it's done on it does it's done intentionally. Like there's full face shots of these characters. So it's like this is who this is. This is who this is. And you're getting introduced to those in the trailer. But, like, they're, they're close enough to the cartoon. We're not even having watched them. I recognize that these are key pieces in the show. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I know who Appa is. I didn't know I really wanted my own until <laughs> him, he came flying across the screen. But now I definitely want one. I'm going to take him to get to work. It'll be much faster. Um, less traffic. Um, <laughs> but... It's it's intriguing enough to me to go, okay, I may not sit down and watch the anime, but this series or movie, I feel like I would I would make some time for this. Um, Lisa Frankenstein, yes, I'm going to make a very bad pun. The deadpan humor was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I, I, I really enjoy when they can take a well-known property and twist the story into something fresh and new again, no pun intended for them being dead. Um, but it's... he has to live here now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Our office is still a mess. <laughs> that couch looks pretty comfy. It'll be all right. Eh. <laughs> it does pull out though. To a pen. I'm just going to go five and five on this because I can't decide for points. I'm glad to hear your couch's pullout game is strong. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. Um, Avatar, visually stunning. Lisa Frankenstein made me chuckle a few times. Um, I ended both of those trailers saying, well, that is something that I'm clearly never going to watch. So I'm going five and five as well. <laughs> Tabitha. 
Um, my favorite part of the Avatar trailer was watching Lydia's eyes light up like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> like I like looked over at about the time that Appa, Appa. like flew out of the screen, and Lydia was like, like you would literally see like stars in her eyes. <laughs> like, so for that reason, it's getting some points. I have no horse in the game or whatever that creature is in the game. Um, no Appa in the game. No Appa, fresh out of those. That's tonight's episode title. No Appa in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks fun. It, I, it's something I would probably sit down and actually watch because, like Bat said, I don't want to sit down and watch an entire series of something, but I can sit down and watch one movie. Um, as for like Lisa Frankenstein, in my eyes, Diablo Cody can do pretty much no wrong. I feel like we have the same sense of humor, and it is that, like Matt said, <laughs> deadpan, just like smart, like almost British humor where you're like not sure if you should laugh, but you are laughing and no one else is laughing. And you're like, was that funny or am I just weird? Like <laughs> that is Diablo Cody, like signed like to a T. And I think this is going to be absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to give Lisa Frankenstein seven and Avatar three for all the stars I saw in Lydia's eyes. <laughs> I think that I, just mean it tied. Yep. I knew you were going to do that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so, these two movies are going to meet the winner of Damsel versus Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Matt, if you force a tie this round like you did last time, <laughs> I'm going to not be happy. I don't have any plans to, so. <laughs> um, Tabitha, let's start with you this round. Um, so, I don't know what Damsel's about. I know we've got a girl in a mountain with some spikes and she's got to save the world and she's a princess maybe, but princesses have come before. Is she a time traveler? Is she going between worlds? I have a lot of questions. Also, I need to look this up and I'd asked Lydia before we started. This feels like some like middle grade book series that I read a thousand years ago and I, I don't know if it's just because it's very generic or if it's actually a middle grade book series I read years ago. Um, as far as Planet of the Apes, uh, there were tons of Easter eggs in this for like the original um, movies, and I am a huge fan of the original Planet of the Apes movies. However, with the betterment of technology and CGI, I can no longer watch them because I physically cannot watch those apes die <laughs> without <laughs> without crying. You give me a bloody human battle scene, and I'm like, whatever, humans, they're dead. You give me one ape falling off a horse and making a sound, and I'm over. I'm crying. It's I can't do it. I, I cannot do it. So, unfortunately, since technology is better and they're not just wearing bad ape costumes, I can't watch Planet of the Apes movies anymore. So I'm going to give Planet of the Apes 4 and Damsel 6. I'm more likely to watch Damsel than watch the Apes die because I can't do it. Lydia. So I did look it up while we we were getting set up. From what I can tell, it's not a book series, but I'm with you though. It feels very familiar and I I think it might just be because it feels so generic. Okay. <laughs> um, like Tabitha said, I don't know what's going on with this. Like I'm slightly intrigued, but I have no idea. Um, once again, nobody should be surprised at this point. I, I haven't seen Planet of the Apes <laughs> at all. So, I, I mean, it looked cool. And the CGI has definitely gotten better over the years than the trailers that I've seen for the different Planet of the Apes. But I have no idea what's going on with that either. So, 
But that said, I don't have to watch however many movies there are to catch up in order to watch whatever Damsel's going to be. So I'm more likely to watch that. So I'm going to go seven for Damsel and three for Planet of the Apes. Yeah, for for different reasons. I had no idea what was going on with either of these movies. Um, <laughs> Damsel, because it really didn't give us a whole lot. And then Planet of the Apes, like Lydia, I have not... I, I watched the first one, so I spent most of the uh, trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes wondering where Mar- Mark Wahlberg was going to show up. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, God. he didn't. Different remake. Different remake. What? Yeah, different, the original. T- yep. Different the original timeline. Ones, that's oh. a completely different Planet oh. of the Apes story. Yep. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I just assumed he like died this in like the second one no, or something. This no. is the continuation of the Andy Circus ones. Yeah. But Andy Circus is involved in Planet of the Apes. There yeah, been... He was. This is the third. This is the third this iteration is the end of, the trilogy. of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Oh. He so was... I only have to watch two movies before he was this Caesar. one. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You have to watch the original. The original originals, which do not involve Mark Wahlberg, but do involve Clint Eastwood. <laughs> what? <laughs> You got to go in the Wayback Machine to like the seven, six, seven, eighties, seventies. I think seventies. Seventies. Yeah. So, so yeah, how yeah. do we go from Marky Mark to Gollum to Clint Eastwood? I'm so confused. Well, technically, we went from Clint Eastwood to Marky Mark to Gollum, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> now I'm picturing Gollum in like Marky Mark's like signature, like Calvin Klein. Then <laughs> you are a broken person. <laughs> yeah. How have you not figured this out by now? <laughs> I don't know, baby. Gollum and tidy whities uh. My precious. <laughs> but like doing the funky bunch, like. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> anyway, we've we've gone off track here, but Surprise. Um, like like Lydia and I think like Tabitha said. Um, well, no, because Tabitha won't watch Planet of the Apes because you know monkeys dying. Um, but I am more likely to watch Damsel just because I don't have to have that extra research. Um, but that said, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes uh, did look really cool. So um, I'm going to give Damsel six points, Kingdom four points. It's up to you, Matt. I haven't keeping track, so don't shoot me. Um, it, Damsel looks interesting, but at the same time, it looks very generic. Um, at the end of the day... As much as I think that Millie Bobby Brown is a fantastic actor and even in nerd circles is one of those actors that can almost do no wrong. Um, another trailer for this has to give me something unique or original to really make me go, OK, I'm going to I'm going to cue this up and I'm going to watch it. Um, honestly, until this trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes came out. I forgot that these were still a thing, that they were doing a new trilogy, and this is like the end of that new trilogy. Um, it's, it is interesting having seen, I don't think I've seen all of the originals, but I have seen the very first movie, and then I have seen the first of these newest trilogies and the Marky Mark version. Um, it's a weird mix. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, I do enjoy the callbacks to the ver- to the originals, um, those Easter eggs that you already pick up in the trailer, you know that there's going to be more of that because this is now you're looking like this whole thing's going to come full circle all the way back to the beginning. And I'm kind of intrigued how that happens. Um, 
I really only have to watch one movie to catch up on these, so I'm probably likely to do that. Um, but yeah, the CGI is just mind-blowing. The fact that you can watch this and you don't feel like you're watching CGI anymore. Like, that's just amazing. Um, I don't have a problem watching horses, apes fall off of horses. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me cold-hearted. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, so be it. Um, I'm probably likely to go back and watch one movie until Damsel gives me something unique. So I'm going to go six for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes and four for Damsel. I don't think I skewed points enough badly. You did not. Okay. Uh, with a score of <laughs> 23 to 17, Damsel moves on. Damsel beats Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch of Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm not even mad at that one. <laughs> um, so let's go back. Um, think of your points slightly for Garfield versus Ghostbusters. You guys ready? Yep. Okay. Um, I am giving. Seven points to Ghostbusters, three to Garfield. Um, Tabitha. Yeah, I'm going to go four to Garfield and six to Ghostbusters. I'm surprised you gave more points to Chris Pratt than I did. Just saying. Not Chris Pratt, just the just I'm the cat. Literally, it's the baby kitten that's not speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That... Once Chris Pratt started talking, I stopped watching. <laughs> Matt. Um, I'm going to go with Mitch. Seven for Ghostbusters, three for Garfield. Lydia. I'm just going five and five because I don't care about Ghostbusters and the only thing that I liked about Garfield was the kitten. <laughs> <laughs> so with a score of 25 to 15, Ghostbusters moves on to the finals. It's going to meet Avatar the Last Airbender versus Lisa Frankenstein versus Damsel. Uh, go ahead and think of your points. You guys ready? Tabitha, I noticed you shook your head first, so you start. Um, I'm going to give Lisa seven because I feel like I'm most likely to watch that, uh, followed by Avatar with two and Damsel with one. Matt. Uh, I feel like also I'm most likely to watch Lisa Frankenstein. So five for Lisa Frankenstein, three for Avatar. And again, I'm going to go back to this until Damsel gives me something unique or very interesting to grab my attention. It's going to get two points. Just based off of what I'm most likely going to see, I'm giving Damsel four points, and then Lisa Frankenstein and Avatar both get three. Lydia? I'm giving Avatar six, because that's the thing I'm most likely to see, but I'm still skeptical of it, so I'm going to give the other ones each two. No, I tried to like move my cursor, and then it was like, do you want to highlight everything? And I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, so, with nine points... Damsel, um, followed by Avatar The Last Airbender with 13, and Lisa Frankenstein moves on to the finals. So it's Lisa Frankenstein versus Ghostbusters. Take a minute. Okay. I'm giving Ghostbusters nine points. Lisa Frankenstein gets one. Matt. Uh, Lisa Frankenstein gets six. Ghostbusters gets four. Lydia. Lisa Frankenstein gets seven because I'm all about creepy campy stuff sometimes and Ghostbusters gets three. 
Tabitha, bring it home. I'm going to do the opposite of Mitch. I'm going to give nine to Lisa Frankenstein and one to Ghostbusters. <sighs> so, <laughs> with a score of... The, the, that sigh was just because of how fast I was doing math. <laughs> but I think it's right. Um, you think? This fiscal position, whew, it's, it's, it's teaching me things. Um, so, with a score of 23 to 17, Lisa Frankenstein wins this round of trailer takedown. Um what an odd vibe. Yeah. yeah. Guys, this is before editing, but like we're already an hour and 10 minutes into it and we haven't even done gut reaction yet. Oof. Wow. So, yes. Literal gut reaction, yeah. go. <laughs> yes, literal gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. It is mostly me, you're right. <laughs> the way we intended this segment from the beginning. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down, go! <laughs> so, I'm starting tonight with some kind of sort of breaking news. Uh... <laughs> You doing that is only going to slow me down. Evan, can we get you a timer? (laughs) He's a buzzer. So, word on the street is Pedro Pascal is very close to being cast as Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways as much as I I think that he would do a good job in the role. Um, Literally every male on the face of the earth so far has been rumored to play Reed Richards. Um, I was rumored to play last March. I think, Matt, you were rumored to play last June. So I'm taking that with a giant grain of salt. Tabitha. Yeah, as much as I love Pedro Pascal, I don't know that I could get behind him being cast as Reed Richards. So thumb sideways. Matt. Uh, Also thumb sideways. Uh, He's a great actor. Um, if this is true, he's going to do a good job. I just don't know that it's the right part for him. Lydia. Thumb sideways. He's a good actor, but he just does not physically look the part to me. Tabitha, let's do the Chucky Shuffle. I was very confused for a second. I'm like, I don't have anything about the Chucky Shuffle. Um, so there's only one Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band left, and that is in California. Um, they're saying now that it's not because of the Five Nights at Freddy movie release, but it kind of looks like it's because of the Five Nights at Freddy <laughs> release based on the timing of this. Um, I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. Get rid of animatronic everything. Good job, Chuck E. Cheese. Matt. I don't even know why these are still around. Thumbs down. Thumbs down to... Or, well, no, sorry. Thumbs up. Because, yeah, I agree with Tabitha. The, it's it's time for them to go. Lydia. Thumbs sideways, because I feel like it's just fun that there's still at least one out there. And it's funny that Five Nights at Freddy's has kind of been the thing that killed this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going thumbs down, even though, yes, they... Uh, even when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, like the animatronics weren't in great shape. Um, they still will always be near and dear to my heart. So that's really sad. Um, Matt, let's talk about Lower Decks. Uh, so all the things we always needed, Lower Decks is getting the Funko Pop treatment. Um, the first wave has been announced. Yes, just the first wave. Boimler, Mariner, uh, Tendi, Rutherford. And our favorite, Badgie. Uh, no release date yet. These are wonderful. I love Lower Decks. Thumbs up. Lydia. I never have watched Lower Decks, but yay, more pops. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, thumbs up. These look so amazing. And uh, I have yet to ever get like a complete set of any pop, but I want one. Um, Tabitha. I really just want Badgie. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha, let's talk about pink. Um, so 
Pink uh, fight in the book ban, uh, giving away 2,000 banned books at her Florida shows because Florida and book banning, you know, not great. I'm, this is a very long, lengthy thing. Um, basically, Pink said it's... Speci- That's what she said. <laughs> it's especially hateful to see authorities take aim at books about race, racism, and against LGBTQ authors and those of color. So Pink was like, here, have a bunch of banned books. Thumbs up. Go Pink. Matt. That's wonderful. All the books, all the banned books, thumbs up. Lydia. I already loved Pink to begin with. This just makes it so much better. Giant thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. I Now I really want like a Pink and Dolly Parton co-headline <gasps> tour slash <laughs> book giveaway, whether it's banned or not. Those tickets would be so expensive, but I want it so bad. And we probably live stream it for free for charity. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not for free. Well, not for free, but, but like they would live stream. A small for donation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dolly, pink, please. Yeah. Pink, Dolly, if you're listening, hook us up. Um, Matt, let's talk about Willy Wonka. Uh, so the combo you didn't know you needed Xbox and Willy Wonka are teaming up. As of November 13th, you can enter. For an, ex- an official Xbox sweepstakes, um, you have to enter on X, formerly known as Twitter. But you can win a Wonka-inspired Xbox Series X. The system looks like a chocolate bar. A console display, which is modeled after the Wonka chocolate store. Um, an Xbox of chocolates. Uh, an edible controller, which is gold-wrapped. A custom- did, did you say edible controller? Yes. I, I don't Carry know on. if it's hollow or solid chocolate but it's oh the the controller doesn't actually work <laughs> no, no, no 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 that thing no, would melt so fast there's two controllers in this package one is edible gold wrapped chocolate the other one is a custom designed burgundy xbox wireless controller inspired by wonka's coat bless your heart <laughs> oh wow wait what is that southern for you stupid yeah <laughs> Um, and then an additional box of five chocolate truffles uh, with fun names. Achievement um, achievement Hunting, which is chocolate with energy ingredients. Button Masher is an espresso flavored. Um, Your Citrus Sidekick is chocolate and orange. It's based off of the Game Pass. Extra Kick, which is sweet with a little bit of heat, um, is supposed to be for an end boss. And Wonka for the win is just your straight decadent like extra sweet chocolate. Um, you can enter on X through December 14th for this. I don't need these. I'm not going to win these. I do think it's a fun promo. Thumbs up. Lydia. I mean, I'm not an Xbox person or anything like that, but all of this sounds fun. And I'm, I, why would you make a controller out of chocolate? That <laughs> sounds like a horrible idea. You plug it in. It's going to warm up and melt. Yeah. They made <laughs> controllers. Stop <yelling>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They made controllers based off of Sonic and Knuckles fur. Don't talk about that. <laughs> I will if I want to. They made controllers that smell like pizza. Don't talk about that either. Controllers with the fur. It is not. It is not out of the realm of possibility for them to make a chocolate controller. Anyway, as you were saying, Lydia. Anyway, it sounds like fun. Thumbs up. (laughs) 
I was going to give this a thumbs up until they made me look dumb. So thumbs up. <laughs> you made yourself um, look dumb. <laughs> Lydia with the wit. Do you have any shames? Take them away. All of them. I don't. All of them gone. No shames for Lydia. Nearing the end of the year and she is going to win. Wow. Also, you did a really good like Gene Wilder Wonka there where you were like having a whole meltdown about how dumb you are. <laughs> somehow everyone else's fault. So I'm kind of proud of you for that. Um, I don't want or need this, but it sounds very cool. And A plus marketing. So thumbs up. Matt, let's continue to talk about games and talk about the PS5 Slim. Yeah, so PS5 is getting new versions. Um, the Slim version is getting ready to be released. The digital Slim version has an optional optical drive. So yes, you can get the digital version and then connect an act like a disk drive to it. Why wouldn't you just get the one with the disk drive to begin with? Whatever. Um, images were posted online and somebody scoped in the disclosure that um, quote an internet connection required to pair disk drive and PS five upon setup. So you plug it in, but you have to connect it via the internet to the system, which it's physically touching. Huh? This just seems bass backwards. Just get the one with the drive already. Thumbs down. Lydia. Yeah, that just seems really dumb. Thumb, thumb, thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. This is dumber than me. Tabitha. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but thumbs down. Okay, <laughs> so I've got a bunch of comic book stories to talk about. First one, Boom Studios has announced Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Return, a new comic written by original Pink Ranger Amy Jo Johnson. Uh, the comic is set in an alternate universe where the original Power Rangers defeat Rita and Zed, but also experience tragedy. 22 years later, the team reunites to mourn the loss of some old friends, but Billy and Zack reveal that Jason, who has become a vig- vigilante, has disappeared. While the first issue will release in January, Boom Direct Reserve has launched a Kickstarter campaign where fans can either reserve an exclusive variant cover set or an exclusive col- collected edition. Uh, giant thumbs up. Um, I always go back and forth on reading the Power Ranger comics, but this, uh, especially with it being a miniseries, is definitely something I will read. Tabitha. I don't know a lot about Power Rangers, but does that subject seem a little weird to anybody? <laughs> like, Jason, the one who, like, isn't Jason the one who died? I don't, no. no. No, no, no. Jason David Frank, who played Tommy. That's confusing. (laughs) Jason was the Red Ranger. Yeah. Who was played by Uh, St. John. mm -hmm. Okay, great. Thumb sideways. I have no, I clearly have no idea what's going on. Because I was like, that seems weird that the Deadwood is on like a mission that's like gone. Like I made eye contact with Matt. I'm like, that's dark, but okay. (laughs) Okay, Amy Johnson. Like, calm down. Matt. What kind of vendetta did she have against Austin St. John to make him a, a vigilante? There's there's drama on the set that we didn't know about. Uh, I don't know. That part seems weird. It's a miniseries. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's kind of weird. Like If it was going to be a full-blown series, meh. But I'll give it a thumbs up for a miniseries. Lydia. I'm intrigued. Thumb sideways. So Amazon has announced that they are officially ending Comixology's standalone app and will merge it into Kindle. 
Uh, purchases from Comixology are already available in the Kindle app. Comixology will still be accessible until December 4th. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways as against this whole buyout of Comixology as I have been in the past. Um, I did check out, you know, like my my comics had already already synced into Kindle and it, 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 it is nice. I hate giving Amazon their props, but I am. So thumb sideways. Tabitha. Yeah, at the end of the day, I have beef with Amazon, Kindle, and all of it. But like you said, it's sometimes just so convenient. Thumbs up. Matt. Honestly, I'm surprised it took him this long to merge the apps and get rid of Comixology. Um, I probably have some stuff saved on Comixology, and it probably has already merged into my Kindle app. Um, it's just simpler to have it all in one place. You're already going to buy them from there anyway. So, uh, I hear thumb sideways just because Amazon is a yeah <laughs> Lydia I'm highly impressed that they actually went went and made sure everything transferred over properly so th- giant thumbs up for that because that doesn't happen a lot when things like this happen Marvel has announced a new spider series uh, spectacular spider men uh, will team up Peter Parker and Miles Morales as they swap brains and team up against villains such as the Jackal. Um, the first issue goes on sale in March. I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Uh, as much as uh, I like the idea of this comic, I feel like the, um, the the rent is too damn high guy when I'm saying there are the, the amount of spider titles is way too damn high. So, yeah, Tabitha. Had a terrible thought. Um, I go ahead. <laughs> you said it's Peter Parker and Miles Morales switching brains, right? Mm-hmm. Poor Miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Miles Morales, because he seems so much more with it than Peter Parker. And you know, you got to have some remnant of that time like left in your brain, and then you come out of it, and you're like, God, I was so annoying for so long. So <laughs> thumbs down, Spider Man. <laughs> Matt. Um. Miles is definitely one of my favorite spider characters overall. Um, I think it'd be fun to see the two of them team up. I don't know that I want to see them team up with swapped brains. Just let them team up. Um, So thumb sideways. Lydia. Well, I feel like there has been an overabundance of a lot of specific superheroes like across movies and comic books and all that. I feel like they have ridiculously overdone the spider universe between everything and they need to stop. So thumbs down. Tabitha, let's talk about Luke Skywalker. Um, Let's talk about really expensive winter gear is what you actually meant to say. (laughs) So Columbia has teamed up with... Lucas Films essentially to create a Star Wars winter collection. It's basically just puffy jackets that make you look like you're in Star Wars, but we're going to talk about a couple of them based on the price point. The Skywalker Pilot Ski Suit, uh, Luke Flight Suit inspired, um, a w- waterproof, breathable, um, basically just like jumpsuit. Um, it also comes with multifunctional pockets and Star Wars extras like a T-65 X-Wing Starfighter and R2-D2 blueprint graphics on the inside for a cool $500. If you just want the jacket, it's going to be $350. If you would like the lightweight version of the jacket, it's going to be $200. Just the pullover, $150. The goggles, the snow goggles, 
$300. So while some of this stuff is really cool, most of it's out of my price range, um, there is a Skywalker Pilot long sleeve shirt for $70. The short sleeve version is going to be $55. Or you can get a ball cap for $40 and a crossbody bag for $50. Um, while this stuff looks really cool, the end of the day i'm a very very cheap person and the only thing that i would be willing to pay that kind of money for is maybe the crossbody bag which at the end of the day kind of looks like a fanny packet for fanny pack for fifty dollars so thumbs sideways matt the part that bothers me most is you know that the um jackets and stuff that they wore on set for this film were like starter jackets yeah like five dollars like even back in the 70s like it's cool, but that price point just makes it irrationally useless. Um, so, thumbs down. Lydia. I'm just disappointed that none of these look like a Tauntaun. <laughs> <laughs> but, as long as they don't smell like it. Yeah, that's it. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, for that price point, absolutely thumbs down. Because I, I don't need that expensive of anything. Yeah, thumbs down. That's way too expensive. And especially like... What you just showed me, um, most of those like things don't even jumpsuit. really scream Star Wars to me. <laughs> so this was something that we kind of talked about in our group earlier today. But McDonald's has teamed with Crocs to, quote, drop a global collab designed for next level fandom. Uh, the two brands have released a line of shoes, socks, and gibbets. I hate that word. <laughs> um, gibbets charms inspired by Grimace. Birdie and Hamburglar. The Crocs sell for seventy to seventy-five dollars, and socks are twenty dollars each. Um, surprisingly, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Um, I want nothing to do with the Crocs, but the Hamburglar and the Grimace socks do look kind of cool. Plus, also, I think the Grimace socks might be fuzzy, so like, I'm here for it. Tabitha, <laughs> fuzzy socks. Um. No. <laughs> um, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't paying attention when Mitch sent this to the group as something he was going to discuss tonight. And I just stumbled across it this morning on the internet and I let out an audible and then sent it to you all with the title, The Horrors Persist. I still feel that way. Thumbs down. Matt. I might have been interested in the socks until you said fuzzy. I don't need fuzzy socks. Um, definitely don't need the Crocs and the. Makes me sick to my stomach to say it. Gibbets. Uh, thumbs down. Lydia. <laughs> I think of everything we talked about today, this is the thing that made me the most uncomfortable. So absolutely thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> we got two stories left. Matt, let's talk about Ninja Turtles. Um, so little did you know that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird actually created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles while living together in Dover, New Hampshire. Um, right? Exactly. Um, everybody equates them with Mirage Studios, which is based in Massachusetts and New York because, well, the Turtles. Um, in conjunction with the Turtles' 40th anniversary, um, the town has crowdfunded two memorials. One is a sign, which is going to be at the place where the house that they lived in used to be. It no longer exists. And the most fitting of all, a decorative commemorative manhole cover. Um, the sign itself says in November 1983, while living in Dover, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird created a cast of ninja wielding 
ninja weapon-wielding turtles during a late-night drawing session. Amused by the absurdity of the idea, the duo developed the story of four teenage brothers, Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo, the one-shot comic published independently by Mirage Studios on Union Street, debuted in 1984. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soon became a full comic series and ultimately an international multimedia franchise. I love this. I think this is fantastic. I love the commemoration. I love the fact that now everybody knows that that's where it was actually created. Um, I don't know. It's fantastic. I love it. I love the history of it. Thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, I really like it too. And I like the fact that they brought the manhole cover into it because that's just so fitting. Thumbs up. Yeah, definitely thumbs up. This is phenomenal, um, especially the manhole covering. Uh, just it's awesome. Tabitha. Can we talk about how when we were kids, the things that had historical landmarks were things that were old and now we're getting teenage <laughs> landmarks? No, we can't talk about that, Tabitha. <laughs> well, that's all I can think about. So now I feel like I need to sign up for AARP. I'm not going to work tomorrow because I'm retired. So thumb sideways. <laughs> so our last story of the night is maybe kind of sort of related. So... Daniel Pantello went viral on X recently uh, with an image of green sludge oozing onto New York streets. Um, the the X said, quote, so there's little literal green sludge bubbling up from the ground next to World Trade Center right now. Can anyone explain this or are we just living in full blown Gotham right now? So. Other ex-users added a bit of context. It's not quite the Ninja Turtles coming to life. Um, it's not so much ooze as it's most likely water with green dye. Um, the, the context said, quote, Plumbers frequently use harmless fluorescent green dye to detect leaks in plumbing and sewage systems. Um, the National Park Service, they also do something kind of similar. Um, they use dye tracing to help scientists visualize how water moves from one place to another. However, in a follow-up post, Pantello said, quote, So uh, a truly random tweet got 25 million views, made the front of the New York Post, and got reposted by a ton, ton of meme pages. Very cool, very random. Contrary to the community note, I think the sludge is radioactive ooze. Source? divine intuition um i love every part of this story have you guys seen these pictures no okay tabitha you have like they look weird so there's two parts of my brain the part that knows that it's probably actually like water tracing for pipe leakage and the part of my brain that doesn't believe anything that anyone tells me (laughs) (laughs) and i just assume that we're all probably going to die because it's some kind of like Mutant sludge that's coming out of some kind of chemical they use to clean up from or 9/11. We could become new mutants. I'm not becoming a mutant. That sounds terrible, and I don't want to live in the sewers. That sounds gross. But if we're all mutants, it's fine. We're not all going to be mutants. There would be that's some people that... who are immune because that's how immune systems. That's not how that works. Yeah. And you can't. Not be everybody a mutant. gets the genetic mutation. Yeah, and you can't be a... mutants. Wouldn't exist if everyone was a mutant. There would be nobody to be a mutant. Everyone's a mutant. Mutant no longer exists. But if mutants everybody are no longer mutants, if they're all mutants, then yeah. the mutants are the ones that are not mutant. But if everybody, <laughs> if everybody yes. gets gets subjected to the radioactive ooze that makes them a mutant, then everyone becomes a mutant. No, 
but or they, they die. But if they're all mutants, then mutant is not the mutant becomes the norm. That's kind the... of what I'm getting at. If we're all <laughs> mutants, we don't have to live in a freaking sewer. But we wouldn't all become mutants. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like how this is the debate we're having. But if enough of us, <laughs> if, if enough of us become mutants, then we can just have the humans live in the sewer. <laughs> Let them see how it feels. I'm Team Mutant on this one, guys. Toxic Avenger over here. Right? Get your mom and go clean up the streets. You know, Gotham wouldn't have all those villains if they'd just clean up their green sludge. So they just maybe. need OSHA. Right? Yeah. They, they don't need Batman. They need OSHA. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Part, like I said, part of my brain is like full conspiracy theory. Like, what is it actually? And then the other part of my brain is like, it's just plumbers. <laughs> it's just Mario. It's just Chris Pratt. Ugh, don't say Chris <laughs> Pratt. <laughs> I don't know. Is he going to voice all the Ninja Turtles now? Like every uh, probably. Yes. All four of them. <laughs> and Splinter. And probably April O'Neil. Yeah. I can see it. <laughs> Maybe we just give the green sludge to Chris Pratt. And we fix the whole thing. <laughs> Maybe we'll actually turn him into a rat. Oh, I can think like, of- oh my god, yeah. All I can think about is that TikTok you sent. Oh, with all your childhood yeah. favorites grow up to be Chris Pratt. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, no, I think you should send more of those TikToks <laughs> and not some of the other ones that you send. You know, here's the deal. <laughs> you if get the good I, with the bad? If I have to see it, other people have to see it. But why do you have to see it? Ask the algorithm. Well, here's the thing, though. By sending it to us, you are causing the algorithm to send you more weird shit. But it's just I- like my alt-right comic news things. <laughs> so Mitch and I hate ourselves. Yes. Perfect. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> At least we figured out something tonight. <laughs> okay, we secretly already do that part, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. Um. You guys have been in my house for like two hours. Yeah, I'd like to. Whose fault a, is that? Not. It's 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 collectively our fault. <laughs> Who had the most stories tonight? Bye. 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 <laughs>that's going to do it for this episode of the geek awakens if you have any questions comments or concerns shoot us an email at the geek awakens podcast at gmail.com it would be a shame if you didn't follow us on facebook and instagram at the geek awakens podcast or on twitter at geek awakens theme music created and produced by e cannon beats our logo was designed by shay mccain thanks for listening we'll catch you next time we're boldly gone